Hello and welcome to episode number seven of the Esports Review. I am your host, Patrick Ryan, um, normally the host, and Ben is normally the co-host, and he always has the best beard in the business. Ben, Cheer. how are you? A little tired, but we're good. Good. We're good. We're ready to do this. I need to come up with a new standard for you where I'm like, Ben, how you at, boy? And how like, you doing, always give me like the I don't know. I feel like I need to have like more sound effects or... Who knows? David, how are you? Welcome back. Uh, our esports meditator, our esports yogi, Mr. David Bowman Shuda. How are you? I am very well, actually. Uh, not tired like last week, as good. far as so, pretty good. That's, that's what I like to hear. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're as fired up as I am, or at least as half as fired up, uh, you can help me contain all my excitement. And I can just pass it over to you. Like a basketball. <laughs> March Madness is starting, guys. So, two weeks. Indeed. It's, 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 it's time to get mad. Get crazy into that mad cat. That's what we're listening to, right, Ben? Mad cats? Monster mad cat. Close cats? enough. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Am I trolling? Who knows? No. Um, so, welcome, everybody, to, to episode number seven. We're all here around a digital table where we talk about esports. We take a nice deep dive into one specific competitive gaming topic. Today's topic is going to be a little bit, I guess... We're, we're going to kind of round back to, to what we discussed last week in, in episode six. But really, we're asking the question, who needs an eSports savior? Is it sarcastic? Am I being serious with that question? I'm not really quite sure yet. Uh, but we're going to actually dig in and, and find out what makes an eSports savior or leader. I think a more, more appropriate term would be eSports leader. And, and who are some famous leaders of the past? What criteria would we assign to a potential eSports leader? Um, what, what have these, these other famous leaders that we, we referred to in our, our beautiful article on esportsmaybe.com? Go check it out. Uh, but we have some, 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 some leaders listed there. Everybody from the, the great Bob Marley, which, of course, um, uh, Albert Einstein, Abraham Lincoln, Gandhi. I mean, I, all these people are not on the same level. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but but they are, are all leaders in their respective tribes. Um, and that's what we're going to hop to after that is, is discussing tribes from Seth Godin. Uh, it was in our, our episode last week. This week, I, I think it contributes wonderfully to what we're trying to talk about. So we'll kind of touch up on that. Just a, just a smidge, just a hair, just a little, little, little deep. And then uh, ev everything after that is going to be about logos, mythos. We're going to talk about Zen in the article of motorcycle maintenance. Uh, hop back and forth between, between some, some Aristotle, some Plato. Uh, we're going to get into to some uh, everything from, from Carl Jung to... Arite, um, and then I'm going to kind of just end it with a little bit of the, the, the midnight ride of Paul Revere. I'm going to teach you guys, or specifically David, I think is going to regale us with a story about um, the, the other lesser known entity of this ride and maybe why he didn't find as much success and, and kind of tie it all back to esports with a nice little bow so you guys can understand where the hell my head's at. Should I keep talking? Is it over? Is that, is that what happened? <laughs> Well, it's okay. The show is crazy. It's wild. It's back and forth. It's up and down. It's left and right. David, um, what do you think about our conversation last week? Where is your head at, head at after reading this article and after listening to my crazy rant? Well, I think the biggest thing that, you know, what we're going to dive into, at least what I, I got from it, is kind of we're going to try to set the, uh, some standards, at least what we think the standards are for if you're going to be an esports personality, if you're going to be a, the face of esports at any type of uh, level, you know some some t levels and and I guess integrity values <clears throat> that you should have going forward, because there's lots of as as we've talked about, you know there are lots of shady things that happen in esports currently, and it's it's in the news, and and unfortunately it's a fact that we're trying to 
to grow through and to get rid of in the long term. But they're here to stay, and so we we need to set some standards for if you want to grow in esports and be a leader in esports, you know how you should carry yourself, how you should handle yourself. You know, those are the things I hope we can uh, discuss and diagnose today. And I mean, as as people that are. I don't think any of us claim to be leaders in esports. I think as as grassroots personalities and individuals that are trying to have this discussion at a very uh, basic level, right? Like this is our our understanding is as as spectators and observers and players in an occasional manner, right? Like we're not super triple A pros or whatever you want to call it. Um, so it, I think from our perspective, which is yes, granted limited. Uh, we can apply these certain criteria that at the very least you can use them as a foundation to grow from, right? Like uh, if you don't have any kind of goal or any kind of direction in life, then you're going to go nowhere. So if, if, if we actually provide some level of criteria, and this criteria is inspired directly by other people that do know what they're talking about, right? Nothing is original. So if we're able to find all these different great resources on the internet, like tribes from Seth Godin, and we can use this to say, okay, well, Seth here has done some really incredible stuff. Uh, he's, he gives us really sexy TED talk, and in it he gives us some criteria for leaders of tribes, right? And I think that we can then take that criteria from the leaders of tribes and and apply it to our own tribe here, esports, right? We have an esports tribe that we are trying to grow. We want to help it help it thrive and prosper, and and we are members of that tribe, right? We have a culture that we've developed that's kind of like a secret handshake or language that all of us are privy to. Uh, and there's an outside and there's an inside, right? So if we're on the inside of this tribe, all together in, in this esports tribe, how do we make it grow? What criteria do we use? Um, and I mean, you know, there's some, I, I have a bunch of stuff listed here, right? But at, at the end of the day, what does a leader need to do? What, what do great leaders do? Uh, and, and I'll throw this to either one of you guys and then, and then I'll kind of, you know, recap it with, with anything that I feel that needs to be added. But, you know, think to yourselves, what, what does a great leader do? What, what does... Um, what makes Abraham Lincoln the most thought about person in the United States, right? It's not because he's just on, on the dollar bills, y'alls, or the penny, because everybody loves their pennies. But like the, seriously, like what, what makes these people leaders, and, and why, are they, why are they famous thought leaders? Well, leaders usually rise up when there's already a collective moving in a, in a direction, but in an or, unorganized fashion, and leaders take that unorganized mob, essentially, and rise up that uh, movement or revolution or however you want to phrase it, you know, and there's certain criteria that a leader needs to keep in mind because, you know, they obviously don't want to go at it in a self-serving way. That's not how you're going to grow the community the right way. Um, that's more like a, you know, a, a tyrant or a dictator. You want to, you know, do it in a kind but firm manner. So, you know, the speeches you give, the talks you give, the your mannerisms, and being a leader is not just you know, when you're on camera. It's it's what you do in every aspect of your life. Those those private moments, you know, whether or not you, you, you motivate or you lead by example, you know, you definitely don't want to use fear tactics. But, you know, just like a quick brief bullet points of lists as far as, you know, what a good leader is, is obviously they got to be confident. People want to follow someone who's confident in what they believe in. They may not be right with, with their with their ideas, but as long as they do it in a confident manner, people will naturally follow. Uh, but they also have to be decisive. You know that you can't uh, a leader who's wishy-washy with their actions and their decisions as they're trying to move a group is going to uh, lose their following, and, and people are going to lose confidence in them. 
Um, but the, probably another important thing is to have a vision. Have a clear idea of where you as a leader want to take something and where you want to bring the people following you to as well. I think those are all really good points. Um, I mean, you, you kind of spoke to the the idea that you know most most leaders are just grabbing a group of people that already want something, right? They're already there, and they just need to be led in a direction. They're disorganized, and they need to be organized. Uh, and there's a quote from the the tribes talk from Seth Godin where he says most movements are about finding a group finding a group that's disconnected but already has a yearning, uh, not persuading people to want something they don't have yet, right? So like you're you're you don't care about. Everyone's trying to oversell esports, right? Like we're all like, oh my god, I get so many people watching it, and like all this other bullshit, and and, and it's like we're trying to appeal to like our parents or other people that don't watch esports. And in reality, the there's already a group and it's already it's just a disconnected group that needs to be led. Like they have a yearning to be a part of esports. They're already there. Uh, we don't need to convince anybody else to watch esports. That's not the game. The game here is there's a bunch of people that have a yearning and they need to be led. And there's nobody that needs to get any kind of permission from that group like you don't need to be set like nobody needs to say like oh yeah like you're allowed to lead us it's, you just do the thing you 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 do the leading right and yeah. and that's through example that's through uh kind of like bowman said in those quiet moments those private moments right what are you doing day in and day out um so it's i mean right changing the status quo building a culture um asking questions connecting people having charisma uh being committed having thick skin which i think may or may not be I, I don't think thick skin is unique to just esports, but it's definitely necessary, right? Like if you're going to be in esports and you're going to try to be a leader in esports, you're going to have to deal with a, a lot of criticism. Probably nine out of ten people in esports will criticize you, and then you'll have your following, right? Like, and you, that's what you need. You don't need everyone. You need a group within that that tribe. So it's it's just about finding the people that identify with you and being clear and concise with them, so that they're able to follow you and know where to go. So again. You know, back to back to David's point about about you know having vision, being clear. This this is very very important. Every famous leader has had a clear vision as to what they want to achieve. So if you know what you want, and say in esports you want to dethrone Thorne and become the new uh, esports historian, then then what what are what are the criteria that would allow for you to do that? So don't just think about like, well, I'm going to watch all his videos and and distill his points and understand him and all this other bullshit. No, it's you go you nothing is original again. We don't we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. All we have to do is is look at what already exists in leadership as a concept and how do you gather people to behind you and have them follow you. Uh, and again, back to Seth Godin. Tell a story, connect a tribe, lead a movement, make a change. So it's kind of a four-step process, right? Number one, connect a tribe. If you can connect all the people together in that tribe and give them a place to gather, the internet is a great place for that today. Is is It's easier to do that than ever before. Um, so if, if you're telling a very clear, concise story about, say, um, esports history and, and you connect the people that care about esports history together, you can lead a movement of esports historians and be the leader of the esports historians and make a positive change for esports historians as a whole. So maybe you feel Thorin has given bad, a bad name, a bad rap to esports historians and you want to change that. You can. You can do that if that's important to you and that's what matters uh, to you as a, as a person and you want to make that your life's work. It's, I mean, all of these people, if you look through our article, the famous thought leaders that are listed here they all had a life's work that they wanted to achieve. They, they gave zero shits 
about what the status quo thought of them. And oftentimes they were pointed to as a heretic, right? Like they're, they're going to overthrow the system and ruin everything. And it's, I mean, one person after the other, you can look, look down the list of famous thought leaders and they don't have to necessarily be positive. They can be bad guys, good guys, whatever you want. As long as they've created change through their own initiative, they're a leader. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad. That's not the, that's not the argument here. We're saying, how do you lead a group of people and, and cause them to actually follow you? Uh, and I think that esports needs this. It needs it badly. It needs more leaders, and it needs more leaders that are not necessarily trying to create positive change. Because I think that's that's something that I was probably arguing last week, and and it's not as as important. I think we just need leaders, and we need people that understand the art of leadership. Um, and that's distilled back to the discussion that we'll have now in about 15 or 20 minutes after I throw it to David and Ben, and let them kind of regale us. Do we have any other thought leaders that you guys can think of? Are there, are there stories or people or you know, even people in your own lives and your own examples of work where it's, it's a, a person that, that's, you know, that's, that's been a thought leader in your own work life, like an anecdotal experience that's maybe it's not a famous person to, to the listeners, but it's, it's somebody that you look to as a, as, as a thought leader in your own, in your own life. <clears throat> well, I'm, I guess I'm going to give kind of as a polarizing example, I think of, you know, I, I have a current uh, supervisor where I work at, which overall, I think he's a very successful manager. And overall, I think he's very knowledgeable. He's definitely an expert in his field, and he does support his people. But one thing that he sometimes struggles with is he actually talks way above this, the average person's intelligence level. Like, he uses big words, and he gets a little bit lost in his own thoughts. Um, and that's where, you know, as a leader, and one, it's good being an expert. It's good, uh, you know, having the right values and stuff like that. But as you go into and as you uh, try to actually lead people and discuss people and get people to follow you, you have to also be clear. You have to be make sure your message is clear and it's not jumbled. It's not all over the place or using too large of words that people have to use a source or a dictionary to look up. So, um, and you know, to dive into the, the Thorin point, like say if someone did want to dethrone Thorin as, as the historian, you know, the, the criteria is one, you're going to have to be a expert. And when I say expert, like you're going to have to dig in and get more knowledge than Thorin has. Like for all of Thorin's faults, the one thing he does have is he has a plethora of uh, a history of lots of knowledge of different esports scene. It's not just he's an expert in one, he's followed multiple ones. So, you know, you're going to have to be an expert in those scenes, but then you're going to have to deliver your message in a way that is more attractive and more convincing um, to all the people to take followers away from that thorn. Um, obviously, there's other issues, you know, with thorn in general, but, you know, it's one of those things that you're going to definitely have to um, do a lot of hard work and work on your communication skills in order to become that leader, essentially. What are some negative skills that like thought leaders in esports have that you feel are detracting from their ability to have like to be effective leaders? Um, <clears throat> I can take this if you're not ready. No, go, go ahead. ahead ben. Ben. Uh, <laughs> the inability to play the game, and I'm, when I when I say play the game, I mean. Uh, I don't want to use the word pander, but I mean it's kind of pandering to, um, like, I don't know. Like when you look at Thorin, you look at Richard Lewis and people like that who we consider uh, voices in esports, and uh, they don't care. They don't. They don't care about their public image 
to an extent to where it, it really hurts them. Like we like we were talking about like the the Sports Illustrated thing with Thorin, and like how they don't trust him to be a host of a show because like the dude's a wild card. Like he can he just says things that are I mean on the most part kind of messed up. And I like, mean nobody trusts him to be a host of a show. Like everybody from uh, E League to whatever, right? Like yeah, they're afraid he's going to steal I mean, a show and yeah, but rip that's Jack why because he's like a, a freak. He's a wild card. Like you don't know what he's going to say. Wild I mean. Card. Yeah, wild card, but uh, loose cannon. But <laughs> to quote Archer, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you have to have someone that is able to play the game, but also still be their own person. I think that that's the biggest thing, and and we don't have anyone that's kind of like that yet. That's in the public eye. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a ton of people. I'll point to him well, as a really good example. Yeah, I um, guess. What's his name? The guy from StarCraft Two, uh, Jeff. Um, uh, he's from Evil Geniuses, and he was a super good StarCraft player. And I'm gonna look like an idiot. There's, I mean, there's a couple of like, I think there's like, there's some people out there. I think Crepo is a good example. Crepo you can be a would human. Be the one example that I would think of right now. You can be currently. a human and be a leader, right? Like you yeah. can do those things. But but he sacrificed like Crepo is sacrificing effectiveness. Like basically, like isn't that? I've heard that Riot uses like a scale where they say like. Oh well, you're being too much Monte Cristo for us. Can you be more Jat? And like they have like, <laughs> apparently like a like a dichotomy between Jat and Monte Cristo. Okay. And it's like they like have like I don't know. It's like a scale of like well, can you be more Jat or more Monte Cristo in this certain scenario? Huh. I, I just I think it detracts from the overall conversation that is basically like you're putting them on one dich- like one thing like one yeah scale. And there's just there's so and many there's elements so to many what these people are it. doing. Yeah. It's like the good bad scale in video games when it's like, well, yeah, we're just going to, you know what, we could have way more effective decisions and like choices to make in this game here, but we're just going to put a bar in that when you do something, when you kill a person, it just like goes down one point to bad. And mm-hmm. then if you do like a nice thing, it goes up two points to good or some shit, right? Like that doesn't, it doesn't solve, that doesn't, that doesn't explain the, the patois of the unique situation, right? Like it doesn't yeah. give you this, this like this clear understanding of, of. Of, of uniquely what's going on in esports. So what does like what what are the shitty things that people do in esports that are unique to esports that need to go? Like what are things that you look at and you're like, man, like ah, come on, just like let's not let's not do that. And and it, I'm saying specifically for leaders. I'm not saying for the 12 year olds that are like saying horrible things. I'm not talking about that because that's that is that will be forever. But I'm yeah, saying like I was gonna say that's not gonna change. When when example for me like when Richard Lewis basically stopped catering to his audience and he kind of pulled back and instead of kind of sharing in his success with his audience he let that whole patreon thing go and ended up just continuing to engage in people in like twitter wars right like Mm -hmm. he could have been a constructive leader in the space for someone like myself to aspire to be more like and instead i use him as an example of somebody that maybe i don't necessarily want to go down that path um, and and it, it's it's I think it's specifically related to his interactions on social media and the inability for him to let things go. And I, maybe Ben, you were speaking to this about you know just play the fucking game, like yeah. play the game so that you are palatable to to the people that are in the space and and that, so that they can accept you or yeah. eat you, whatever you want to. Because consider. I mean, regardless of like what they think, <laughs> like if it's okay what they're doing on Twitter, like attacking people and well. Defending themselves, yeah, defending ben. themselves by attacking, which is like, you know, a whole thing in itself. I mean, 
the the big name people in like that are like looking to invest and grow esports like they're they're looking at that because these are like very big names in the scene and they see that and they're like well this this crowd's still really immature like what well, should we be growing at this pace like shouldn't we be a little further than this and like i, I think that's going to be one of the huge like not huge but bigger problems of uh esports itself growing is just that there's not the voice in the community that is able to really play both sides. Like, it doesn't need to just be one. Let's be clear here. Like, there's not just one person that I think can do yeah, this job. I think, it's yeah, no. Multiple. I mean, it, it should be multiple people. I mean, e like esports itself should be. I mean, I know it's young, and I know that it, it caters to a younger crowd. But I mean, the, the maturity level of esports should be high enough to where we would have more than one person, that, like that, is able to uh, play the game, as we say. For sure. Well, let's break down Richard Lewis just just you know for the discussion's purposes because one thing we can probably agree with is Richard Lewis, in his actual work, is actually fairly quality and researched. Yeah. But his problem is like when he wanted to to dive into forming like a player union, which as we know is way more complicated forming a union or association than 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 everyone makes it out to be. But like you know that was a good goal that he put forward in sense and putting effort into that probably would have been honorable but he you know one of his failures is as you guys were mentioned is he's getting lost in all the petty things like social media and things that that are gonna like if someone rages on social media it's gonna die in a few days like no one's yeah. gonna care three four days later anyway about what someone said on twitter um if it's just some nobody but by Richard engaging in those things, it, it one, it, it's a waste of his time and energy. Yeah, he may need to take some time to reflect on it because he's still going to read it and it's still going to affect him a little bit. But redirecting his energy on the things that matter would set a better example for people because unfortunately by him paying attention to all these little petty things uh, that don't matter to esports, that don't matter to the things that you know he says are important to him, he's diminishing all the good work that he's actually done. Yeah, he's sweating the petty things instead of petting the sweaty things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have to check that mature box on the. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I mean, that's I I could not agree with you more. Uh, his work is of exceptional quality, like journalistic. Great, it's awesome. You know, there's not a lot of journalists in esports for that very reason because they get ripped apart all the time. Like William Turing is gone from esports and then moved on to cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. We lost a great journalist because of people's. <laughs> I'd, I still say it's the journalist's fault for not having a thicker skin, but whatever. So if Richard Lewis is is you know letting the shit get to him, and and he I he's done a whole like video about professionalism and how much he hates professionalism, and I think it's important at this point since we've kind of. I feel like we've like circled this thing so much. Um, Should be a huge red flag right there. What? That I'm using the word professionalism? No, the fact that he hates professionalism. No, but that's <laughs> yeah. the thing is that I I also do, and that's but so still. like I'm not I'm saying I'm not saying. I, I and I maybe it is a red flag for me too. But the my problem with professionalism is not the suits. Like the suits are fine. I used to have a problem with that. I think wearing suits in esports all good. That has not nothing to do with professionalism. The word professionalism is incorrectly describing what we need. 
We do not need professionalism because, like I said last week, that is simply pandering to old white men. What you need is erite. So, like, the, there's this uh, Greek term created back in 5th century BCE, which is effectively the art of excellence. And it's described in many different forms um, from the sophists who discussed it to teach um, the middle class back in 5th and 6th century BCE how to rise up through the ranks, right? So there's your Plato's and your Aristotle's up in their, um, up in their marble uh, ivory, ivory towers, right? Looking mm -hmm. down on, on the common man judging them. But the common man had no way to actually engage in that discourse. Uh, at, a, at any kind of high level um, until the sophists came along. And the sophists are oftentimes pointed to as negative influences on society because a lot of the historical record and text of the sophists is from, are from Plato and Aristotle um, who, who hated them because Plato and Aristotle are at the top. They don't want people you know, climbing up their aristocracy and, and touching them up at the top there. They want them to stay down at the bottom. Uh, but the sophists effectively taught people with the art of arite, which is just effectively excellence in rhetorical persuasion. Arite used to mean um, excellence in, in warriorship or in fighting, right? So back, back when, when, when war really mattered and, and, and physical engagement mattered, it was, it was arite or, or excellence in the art of, of war. And, and now in, in the 6th century BCE, it, it, it changed from that to, to the art of, of, of rhetorical persuasion. And I believe that we are back to that point again. We, used to, we did a cycle, right? We went back through that cycle again where you know, factories and manpower and all these other things mattered. And now we have the internet. We have these communities that we're able to build. And I believe that the art of leadership and the art of excellence, the art of excellence in, in, in rhetorical persuasion is, is the key. It's the key for everybody. If you want to go up the ladder, learn how to speak, learn how to engage as an adult. And again, I think we alluded to this last week, have, have an adult conversation. Allow me to argue with you. I don't want to get down into the weeds with you where you call me an asshole. I want to, mm -hmm. I want to be up here where we talk about <clears throat> things that really matter. And instead of just dis disagreeing and call each calling each, other's, each other names, we can have rhetorical debate and discussion and, and, and remain at a high level where change actually occurs versus playing down in the weeds and getting all dirty and grimy and not really finding any progress. So again, bringing it full circle, Arite, what do you guys think? Do you think it, it accurately describes, you know, rather than using the word persuasion, or sorry, persuasion, God, professionalism, um, you know, does, do you think it does a better job of describing what we're trying to get at here? I think so. Uh, I mean, like, it, it really boiled down to what you said just a second ago. Uh, it, it's the fact of being able to have a conversation with someone without them immediately jumping in. If they feel threatened or disagree instead of being able to uh you know validly explain their point like a you know a human being they just immediately jump in and be like well you're an asshole because i'm wrong well, and you're saying it like a human being but it's effectively they're trained in the art of arite that's what we're all saying is that yeah. we expect people to be trained in this <laughs> this art of rhetorical persuasion at least at, at, a, at a at a very minimal degree so that they can engage in these conversations and we can have like positive growth and 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 not even just positive growth of the scene, but for individuals, right? Like if you want to climb yeah. the ladder of esports and you want to, to be a leader, like we've been talking about this whole time, how do you do that? You master this. You, you yeah. learn how to speak. But, I mean, it's, it's not even just esports. Like we, we keep saying esports, but I mean, th these are lessons yeah. that you should be putting towards like your entire life. Like you can't walk into like a job interview or something like that and talk to the person that you're interviewing with and like maybe disagree on a point with them in the interview and instead of you know trying to think about it and have a conversation uh that you know is intellectual and has a point you can't just be like well you're an asshole you're not you're gonna well, get yeah. nowhere <laughs> you're gonna get nowhere in life <laughs> and that's i mean it's like common sense right like we're all sitting here like saying this over and over again i'm sure somebody listening to this is like well no duh but like may maybe just maybe there's a unique way to think about this that somebody had like 
David, you didn't know about Erite before. You've heard of the word professionalism before. You seem like a pretty professional guy. It seems like you've, you know, you've, uh, you've made your way up some kind of corporate ladder, right? You were describing that you, you kind of, you know, you have a unique position in your company and everything else. You, it seems like you've mastered this, right? But you didn't know what it was before. Like, it, like maybe you thought it was professionalism or speaking or whatever else. But if you have a term to, to point to and you can say, Erite, excellence in rhetorical persuasion. This is the thing that I want to be good at. Does that help? D- does it help to kind of clarify your goals a little bit? It does clarify, and, and it's interesting because it, it clarifies the process that I went through growing up, through all the different things that I, I've tackled in leadership roles, from being an Eagle Scout all the way up to running my own company and, and my current you know position. But it's, it's, it's something that can be taught, but it's also something that doesn't, can't be taught overnight. Like I think of, you know, there was a moment in my life where I was very quiet, and if I had to speak in front of a crowd, you know, I was nervous and sweating bullets and misspeaking the entire time. And there was a moment when it clicked and it was through experience that it didn't really matter if I failed in my speech or not. It was, did I pull it off in a confident manner? Like I remember giving a speech as a, uh, in high school for being a Greek god. I had to be Epimetheus, which is basically the god of stupid, Prometheus's brother who married Pandora. You know, that was a great decision. <laughs> but, uh... I got an A-plus on that speech, and I kid you not, all I did was I read his story, and I got up there, and I spoke in the first person, and the reason I got an A-plus, like the teacher's notes said, I know you BS this speech, but you're the only one in the class who actually gave a speech and didn't read from a paper. Like, there was other people who were up there, and they go, hi, I am Artemis. Artemis is the god of war. Like, you just switch from first person to third person, and you're reading, you're not being the character. And, mm. and learning that confidence and learning how to speak correctly is so important as a leader uh, because if you can't get your message across clearly and the people don't have confidence in what you're saying, it, it doesn't matter. And, you know, it's one of those things where when you're speaking as a leader, you have to understand people are going to disagree with you and people may hate you for what you say, but you almost have to ignore those people and focus on the people that matter, people on the uh, that are in your scene that agree with you that are that want to follow you and focus on those people and growing that because as that group grows, public opinion is going to change anyway. Like all those you know those uh, controversial leaders throughout history is they weren't the popular opinion when they first started their movement, but as they used confidence and and correct communication skills and they became an expert in their field, more people naturally started following them because. It made sense, and they, through clear communication, they were able to convince more people to follow them and agree with them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the, the I think the most like my my hair was kind of standing up in the back of my, back of my head there while you were talking, David, because it, it's like to hear somebody else have a clear understanding of that this is this is something that can be taught but it is not an overnight occurrence. You need to dedicate yourself to this. This needs to be who you are at your core, right? Like, just like, even like the example of like, well, I had to, you know, pretend like I was Greek God and give a speech. Like you pretended that you were the Greek God for the speech, right? Like you used first person, you, you, know, you were using the example of other people not using first person. Um, that, that in and of itself is an example of will, willing to put down your barrier, let, let your barriers down a little bit, maybe kind of make an ass of yourself a little bit or kind of make yourself look silly or, you know, maybe you're uncomfortable, right? You're out of your comfort zone, certainly. Um, and pretend that you're somebody else 
and 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 do this speech, right? In in a very isolated example, pretty simple to do, but at a grand scale, if 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 you can do that with your life, where like you can pretend that you have good speech ability and that like what you know you think to yourself like there's those like the saying like what would Jesus do or whatever like you can think to yourself about you can think that to yourself about anyone right like well what would um, Abraham Lincoln do in this situation like how would he handle this situation right and I mean I do this with my own life where I have actual avatars uh, in my life that I point to and this is a, 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 a Buddhist practice but effectively you select um, one person and and so you, you select a person to kind of like uh, model your life after that that individual and um there, you can actually be a christian buddhist believe it or not right like you can you can believe that jesus is your bodhisattva and and that you are a buddhist that that is following the example of jesus for example um, but in my own life i actually have seven different individuals that i've identified that are people that i want to aspire to be like so if i'm ever in a situation i typically will use those people as as inspiration and think to myself very simply like well what would that what would this person do what would this person do and kind of just go through a cycle of questions um in my own head to try to define internally what I think this person would do, right? So you're always looking through your own lens. So if you're looking at something and, and you're pretending to be a Greek god, you're seeing it as David would see it, right? Like if you're doing this project, it's, it's still, you're still re reading the book and doing the speech. But at the same time, per you pretending to be this other person creates a new entity, this new magical thing that's never existed before. And I think that, that can happen over and over and over again, where if we say pretend to be Thorin, the good parts or Richard Lewis and become a journalist and write and then eliminate the bad stuff. You can do that because it's all a choice, right? Like all of these things are just conscious decisions that we are making on a daily basis. And if we choose to engage in negative behavior or positive behavior, that's our choice, right? So um, being able to identify that I, as a person, must conquer the ability to speak and communicate effectively with people. How do I do that? There's, there, there are literally infinite ways. And I think that's the best, like, the best news that you, you, you can hear, right? Like, oh, shit. Well, I uh, cursed Ben. I'm sorry. Dude, you've, <laughs> you've, you've gone a few times. It's all right. Well, you know what? It's okay. Either way. Yeah. You'll be all right. It's like the so, phrase, act as if. Right. Like, I used to, when I was younger, I used to hate that phrase because I thought it meant, you know, basically fake it to make it. But as I grew, I learned that some people, that's the only way they can have the mental confidence to actually do that and eventually if they do it enough times they're going to learn the actual lessons on how to lead and how to how to you know grow and, and speak effectively to where then it actually becomes natural and they learn from their mistakes as they're just trying to like it's like you know your first time having to get in front in front of your work group and give a presentation you know you could stumble through it and be nervous and stuff like that or have someone else do it for you or you could just go in there you know balls to the walls and just knock it out even if your message is completely wrong. Like, it doesn't matter as long as you do it with confidence, even if you fake it the whole time. And yeah, eventually I mean, it will turn into real. And that's, I think a lot of times, confidence typically comes from leading and the act of even pretending to lead, right? You know, like, if, if, you're, if you're trying to lead a group of people and you're doing it at a small level, large level, whatever, you're using the same skills that you would need to use later on in life to be an effective leader. So if you're able to kind of practice, you know, you practice being a leader, um, you build that confidence necessary to 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 eventually do it without having to pretend. And I mean, I think that's that it, that is why people fake it till they make it, right? Like that's effectively why you're doing that. It's because eventually you do want to be that way. It's not that you're you're forever lying to yourself. And I, you know, I'm 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 always going to 
pretend like I wish I knew more about Counter-Strike, but I'm never actually going to take the time to like play it. It's like, no, I've actually been playing Counter-Strike and like slowly learning how to play Counter-Strike, right? Like if you're, if you're going to say one thing and do another, then you're a liar and then you're just a shithead. Like it doesn't, that, that doesn't, that doesn't make you a good person. But what, what we're saying is pretend in, in the sense that you're internalizing these lessons and trying to actually learn from them and do them. It's, it's not about pretending and trying to trick anybody. Like this is not, this is not a, we're not a bunch of shills here trying to, to deal snake oil to you and, and say like, well, this really works. All you have to do is lie. It's like, no, that's not, please don't lie. You don't need to lie. Um, anyway, that's, that's my own, like, that's like a dad rant that I felt that I needed to say. <laughs> so the um, discussion, I guess, you know, we, we hopped to Arite. Uh, I'd, I'd really like to just quickly touch on the Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance in which uh, Robert Priesig, uh, he's a philosopher, has written this book where it's, it's not at all about motorcycles, but it, it is about the metaphysics of, of quality, which is um, a concept that ties directly back to Arite because uh, Robert Priesig actually uses the word Arite to describe quality as, as effectively as a synonym. Um, but the idea that I'll read the quote. There are two terms, mythos and logos. They were drawn from mythos, pathos, and, and ethos or ethos, um, which was created by, by Aristotle back in the 5th century. Um, these two terms were adapted by Carl Jung. Uh, they are, they are, they're, they're, there's mythos and, and logos. So before, you know, we have our, our logos, which is logic, and these are these rhetorical persuasions. You have logic, you have your, your pathos, which is, is emotion, and then ethos, which is branding, personality, confidence. Mm -hmm. Those three are supposed to define how to persuade anybody. Carl Jung decided that that was not, that didn't make any sense. Putting things in classifications like that didn't make any sense. So he created mythos and logos, which is a, more or less uh, mythos is, is things that are unbelievable and, and logos are things that are believable. And, and we can get more granular and discuss this if you ever want to have a Twitter chat, but um, Robert Priesig, to kind of bring it all back around, has this concept called the mythos over logos argument, um, which points to the fact that each child is born as ignorant as any caveman. What keeps the world from reverting to the Neanderthal with each generation is the continuing ongoing mythos, transformed into logos but still mythos, the huge body of common knowledge that unites our minds as cells are united in the body of man, to feel that one is not so united that one can accept or discard the myth this mythos as one please pleases is not to understand what the mythos is. So again, to feel that one is not so united that one can accept or discard this mythos as one pleases is not to understand what, this mytho with the, what the mythos is. So if, if you can't just not accept this, this is a part of your life and it is what it is here. Like it, it's just like the metagame in any video game, right? Like it's, you're playing in that metagame. Now it's up to you what you're going to do with it. So accept the fact that you are, right? Your father's son. You are growing from this, this, one, you're leveling up from one generation to the next. How will you make that better? How will you improve that quality? That, that, that metaphysics of quality is, is effectively arite, right? The, the, the mastering and, and excellence of not just rhetorical persuasion. In this context, yes. In our lives, yes. Master rhetorical persuasion. But in the overall grand scheme of things, excellence in the art of blank. In the art of whatever it is that your time requires. Um, and, and I believe that that is the mythos, right? We are, we are trying to constantly improve whatever that excellence would be, uh, generation over generation, so that we can grow and continue to expand and, and become better than our fathers, right? That's the whole concept. If you want to level up and you want to be better than your dad, which is like, 
all of us want that. I assume, like you're 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 at war with your father constantly. Like it, there's a there's a quote from a really <coughs> wonderful book called "Way of the Superior Man." Live every day like your father is dead. I know that sounds probably super depressing to some of you, but for others that understand the the burden of having a father that is maybe overbearing or or controlling or whatever else it is, you want to grow outside of that. The way to do that is to is to seek excellence consistently in the things that you are engaging yourself in, uh, and I believe that that will lead to the metaphysics of quality. Um, and just go read the Zen and, Art, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance if you uh, if any any of this tickles your 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 brain in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I apologize if I've ranted. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to David and, and Ben so they can they can call us guys. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I've never read the book. I, I want to read it now. Uh, it sounds interesting, but <clears throat> uh, whether or not I'll, I'll actually get it read is a totally different thing. Audio Audio Audible is gonna be our sponsor. No, oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. They're not our sponsor. They're not our sponsor. <laughs> we should get them though. We don't have any sponsors. We are self-funded and yeah. loved. Self. Sorry. So, David, what do you think? Do you, do, do you? What is your reaction to my rant? I guess that's the best question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's. Uh, I have like a bunch of different thoughts going through my head, but I, I think like probably to to stick with the whole mechanical side of the motorcycle um, discussion is. Uh, it's like learning how to change your oil versus taking it to a shop. There are some things that, with the mythos, the idea of learning to change your own oil makes sense in your head that it's going to be like, you know, you'll save money, you'll learn a valuable skill and everything like that. But the logo side of it is like, that's a lot of time and energy I may not have. And <clears throat> making those types of decisions in your life, if you want to pursue something passionate, you have to look at both angles from the mythos and the logo side when you're making that decision and go is this something that's going that I'm going to be motivated to do is this something that I believe in is this something that I'm going to um, put a lot of energy in and then the logo side is how am I going to do this what am I going to sacrifice in my life also what, where am I going to set up my schedule to plan around to you know financially all this stuff to try to actually move forward in the direction you want to do and how it relates to our overall discussion of you know leadership in, in esports is if you want to be that leadership or maybe you're forced to be a leader in esports because some people are forced to be like Bjergsen in TSM he wasn't he was he didn't necessarily want to be an in-game leader but he was put in the role and uh, he did a halfway decent job stepping up into it even though i don't think he's the best but he didn't fail at it completely but you're gonna have to well, learn something right like that it doesn't even matter if you succeeded or failed he learned something mm -hmm. came of that right <clears throat> he, he's definitely grown and the mythos <laughs> <laughs> so but it, it's one of those things where you have to consider both sides of those uh of that coin if you're going to grow and develop as a leader because it's it's important if you're going to become a leader it's not just something you could just turn on randomly when you need to it's it's got to be a hundred percent it's got to be a whole part of your life uh... from when you wake up to when you go to bed being a leader is who you are it's not uh... A tuesday event so i dig that I mean, if yeah. you're if you're and that's it sounds scary right it's like oh god i have to dedicate my life to being a leader it's like well no, it's, I think it's really at, at the end of the day, it's easier than that. Even it's 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 a mentality. It's a you're living your life. It's just like breathing. It's just you don't think after a while you don't think about it if you're trying to lead. At least, and this is again from the research I've done. In my opinion, like I don't I don't claim myself to be any kind of like leader, mastermind, or any anything like that at all. Like uh, this is 
from a, a ton of research that I believe at the end of the day, leadership is, yeah, it's a choice. Um, and it's not something that is inbred or inborn. Um, you can learn it and you can learn it through doing leadership just like you can with anything else in life. Like if you want to become better at Counter-Strike, play I Counter suggest Strike. you should play Counter-Strike. It's yeah. the same shit. It's, it's, if you mm. want to be better at any, like if you want to be better at, at just like typing, then yeah. go, go do 99 fingers or whatever that game is called and you go type a bunch and you learn how to type and you're real good at that, right? Type like, racer. I was going to use some real racy example. And I went to <laughs> it was, uh, it but if you want to be a leader in Counter-Strike, mentor someone. Like, right, so you're you're practicing how to lead though. Still, like the same yeah, thing is yeah, within the context of the game, you're practicing the thing that you want to do. It's the most obvious <clears> advice <throat> in the world, and yet it, it is the most important. <laughs> it's the most necessary. <laughs> but in order to lead, you still have to be able to know what you're doing at least a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, like, like going back to the like, if you want to get better at Counter Strike, play Counter Strike thing. Like, you have to get better at it before you can lead at it. Like, I would love to lead at League of Legends, but I'm not good enough at League of Legends to lead. That's the way I look at it. But well, if I, mean, I played League of Legends coaching, more... Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same with anything. I mean, like... If you're if, an experienced coach, that's <clears> like, <throat> like you look at Casey Woods. Like, Mark, Mark, if you go to Esports and Nutshell News, he has an interview with Casey Woods on TSM. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he says something to the effect of, like... And most of TSM said this as well, where they were basically like, well... Um, <laughs> we didn't respect him like at all. And I, I don't think that's because Casey didn't know about league of legends. I think that's because Casey is 26. Like he <laughs> just, <laughs> you need like a person who is experienced and has experience in the art of coaching, coaching, yeah. the idea of coaching. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're good at league. It doesn't matter if you're good at video games, you have to be a good coach and you can't have just been an assistant coach at some university and have minimal experience. Like I would be a garbage coach because I've never coached before. You know what I mean? Like, but somebody who has experience, like years, like you take like a 50-year-old guy who's been coaching college basketball forever and pull him on your squad and hire that guy to be your coach just as a coach. He doesn't need to know anything about anything. It's just, hey, be our coach. Mm -hmm. And that's, that, that is, I believe, one of the <clears> biggest <throat> problems in, in esports in general is that they look at that skill as, well, you have to know about the game and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, no, you just have to know how to coach people. And yeah. unfortunately, a lot of the teams have brought on coaches that are unable. I mean, Wilden Green is the only one I think that is coaching a team right now that is able to do the job. That's because he well, understands actually, the mind. And he has experience. <laughs> and he yeah. has ex fucking experience. He does yeah. have experience. Hey, how about, can we dive into the yes. whole coaching? Because it, it deals with leadership. And and we part have, of we the have leadership like, is what, understanding. Yeah, so, we have 13 you know, minutes. Yeah, go for it. I'll, I'll be brief. Rant then. your um, heart out. <laughs> we're going to talk about William Dawes versus Paul Revere at the end, though. I promise. Yeah. Um, basically, <laughs> let, all right, let's, let's dive into this. Um, when you're coaching, when you're leading anyone, you also have to get to know who you're leading, who you're coaching. And let's look at the average player base from a pro to the amateur level in esports. It is all people who are antisocial and who also, the, like the people who became pros, they are rebellious people because they didn't want to listen to traditional coaches. They didn't want to go to college. They didn't want to do the traditional things in life. And how they became successful was basically they're almost self-made because they just played a game for 14 hours a day and got really good at it. And then someone decided to pay them money for it. So, And so when you're going into leading these types of people, whether you're a coach or, or a leader or anything like that, you have to understand these people don't like listening to any type of authority. It's, it's ingrained in them from you know their history growing up. 
and they you know a lot of them haven't been to college to to basically what college teaches most people is how to learn how to learn basically um and so as a coach going into that you have to understand that these people don't want their time wasted they want they're like what are you going to bring to me as valid i don't want any philosophical crap i want what are you going to bring to me that's going to actually get me better results now and so your approach as a leader as a coach has to be hey you've been doing it this way for your whole life and you've hit the pro scene that's great you don't need to master the basics anymore we need to refine your process so you can get those uh, marginal gains because right now playing the game for 14 hours a day you're gonna get diminishing returns in your actual improvement in the game now now we have to actually retool your schedule work on mental exercises work on like actual different breakdowns of your practice schedule so we focus on individual play team play strategy and like as a coach you have to approach it in a very kinda of like almost blunt manner with these people because they're not gonna to listen to wishy-washy philosophical crap as you're coaching them and that was like TSM, like like Casey, yeah. like you saw a video, he'd be like, "All right, oh, guys, let's go out video, and like do this and get them a hundred and give it a hundred percent." And like the whole team's yeah. just like, "Like who the hell? Who are you?" Like, but, but I'm I'm saying, but then you were saying that they don't like um uh what is it uh leader like people telling them what to do and that kind of stuff. I I would argue that that's not necessarily true, only because if you look to Double Lift, who is that exactly that example, he openly says he loves Weldon and like loves learning from him and Weldon has basically said the way that you teach him something is that you show him something new and then like let him let, it's a tool set that they can use like you're not just giving someone an inspirational speech you're giving them something they can use that they they can make their own right like it's it's like teaching someone how to do a job and and like you have like five different people like you, you've talked about this David like if you show someone how to do a job and then somebody else teaches that same person how to do a job Eventually, like the, the best advice that you can give to that person is, well, you'll figure it out your own way, but these are the ways that these people do this thing. And then you'll kind of have your own methodology. You'll make it your own. You'll make it your own tool set. And I mean, that's, that's how you, that's at the end of the day, how you tell someone what to do is you don't, you don't tell them any, any, any of that stuff. You just give them a system to work with and to make them make their own. And it seems as if most good coaches know that. Whereas inexperienced coaches think that it's about like right before the game, like smacking them on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I have a coaching video I'm going to be releasing this weekend. On, on, well, look on this out for that, topic. everybody. I know, right? Self promo. Anyway, um, but uh, like retiring players becoming coaches, you know, I think because there's different types of coaches, I think retiring players should be more your like team analysis coaches because if they were still had the habits and the proficiencies that the pro players need to learn from they'd still be playing yeah. <laughs> so they need to take their knowledge which is a game you know game knowledge and apply it in a practical way and that's where i think you know learning the statistics and the analytical side of the games is the best direct course for retiring players if they want to coach like turning into a life coach to changing their schedule and their workout schedule and their nutrition that's not really going to happen i mean there's a select few if they had those good habits they could teach it but like you know, as a, as a retiring player, you're not gonna be able to be that broad coach initially. Maybe Nation is a good example of that. I think, like, yeah. you're because you talked about college. Like, he went to college. He has a degree in computer science. He's retired now. He's the. I don't think he's. Is he the head coach of Cloud Nine now, or is he the? I think he is the head coach because yes. he's on stage every time with them. Mm-hmm. But like that, he doesn't know anything <laughs> about coaching. Like that's a great example, I think, because he would be an, he is an incredible analyst. I think he's like he has been their analyst for years, where he's like doing their pick band more or less and kind of half playing support, and then like he's their coach. Like they don't have 
they, I really believe like they have Bubba Dub and some other like older people on the team, but like I believe that they need a coach, like an old guy, like a guy that's like forty that like it can be a one, whatever a forty year old that like just has some experience. <laughs> Every time I hear like someone refer to old guy and say forty, makes me think of the Mike Gundy uh, rant from Oklahoma State a few years ago when somebody was oh. like like verbally attacking a player and he was like don't attack him attack me i'm a man i'm 40 <laughs> like every every time i hear it it just makes me laugh but, um, i'm 40 i'm 40 i'm a man <clears throat> i think you're right bowman i mean I, I think that makes complete sense like uh if a player were to go after a statistical pursuit after the game to be analysts yeah. that it's like you know because there already are life coaches like weldon green good example life coach somebody who understands the brain and how all that stuff works. He doesn't. I don't think he. He probably plays league, but I can't imagine he's any any better than like I am. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure he's pretty bad. Yeah. Speaking of which, Ben, when you said playing the game like mm-hmm. way back in the day, do you think like Thorin plays? Like I've often wondered. Like does Thorin play does like he play Halo Counter-Strike or like, like, or like Counter Strike like or like I don't know. Whatever, that's, like, whatever that's what game. I've like, does Thorin play any games? Yeah, I don't know. He probably started playing. Uh, um, what was it Quake? Because in, in yeah. how he, he got into the scene was Quake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, he probably played Quake. Um, I don't know if he plays Counter-Strike or if he plays League. If anybody knows. <clears throat> I know at some point he did play Counter-Strike, but I think it was back, like, when Counter-Strike like, took over Quake for being the dominant first-person yeah, shooter, like, like, back in the early 2000s. So. I want, like, a Thorn live stream where I can watch him, him play Quake. Yeah. It was funny. They actually, uh, on their show yesterday, talked about what Thorne does on his day off. And he goes, I don't have days off. <laughs> like, there's there's esports happening every day. And in order to stay relevant, you, you do have to kind of pay attention every day. You know, watch videos, watch VODs. There's you know, people watch, to read roast the news. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so I can post that stupid I, little I, face so, emoticon. Hey, that's called his trigger face. And yeah, you'll be stupid. nice to it. <laughs> I can't do it. Like I don't. It yeah, I don't like it. it. I don't like this. Colon greater than. So really quickly, um, if you have the ability to speak and people listen to you, if you're well connected, and this you know well connected happens through I think just the ability to speak and not be an asshole, um, then then people will listen, right? Like you can actually create positive change, Um, and this I think is best exemplified through a little tale that I'm going to throw to David because. I've probably talked enough today, but it's a super interesting one. Maybe you guys learned about it in history class, but uh, yeah, go for it, David. Well, we all know the famous ride of Paul Revere, and if we think about it logically, more than likely the rebels didn't just send out one person to go, you know, rise up the countryside, and they didn't. They sent William Dawes. William Dawes was another writer, but he wasn't as well connected with, like, the militias and with the townspeople. He was, you know, he didn't take the time to be approachable socially back then and so when he made his ride in a different direction of Paul Revere uh, like the local militia leaders and stuff didn't actually listen to him they were like well who are you why do you matter what does your opinion matter you know is this a false alarm like you did you wake me up at 2 a.m. just to you know BS me basically and you know he went and the path that he took no one really responded or listened you know as as much as they did with Paul Revere and the reason for that is because Paul Revere did what William Dawes didn't. He got to know the people that were in that movement, in the rebellion, in the the people that mattered um, for creating the whole revolution. 
and William Dawes did not. And and that's one aspect as you want to be a leader is to actually care about your people and get to know them and and try to to learn and grow with them as well because if you don't then people are going to be like well who are you why do you matter they're going to be much less less likely to listen you got to network yeah man i mean that's i even back in the revolution networking well is important <laughs> i think it, it it's again it's worth being said if you can speak you will be well connected right yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you need to go out and network all the time and that's your focus it's just be well spoken have that be something that matters to you, right? Like being clear and, and easy to understand and maybe unlike me, less spastic, right? Maybe speaking slow and confidently, all that good stuff. Mm. Um, Paul Revere, you know, is remembered, right? Like we, we all know <laughs> who he is and yeah. he had success. Um, no one knows who William Dawes is. And I think that's the greater point here is if, if, if you're in esports and you want to achieve some 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 place at the esports table and be relevant it really just takes consistent conversation through some type of positive rhetorical persuasion you just have to be good at it you can you can be an asshole and still be good at rhetorical persuasion as as we've shown like there are people that are assholes that that have places at the table and and they they rightfully so they they've deserved it they've upset the status quo and done things that that other people can't do but if you really want to master arite and 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 experience excellence in in the art of your tiny little community or tribe and it doesn't just have to be esports but if you want to create positive change in your tribe that you are a part of learn to, learn to speak like an adult and and that, and that i think that that's that's the big message here um you can learn that from from any any number of books. Um, nothing is is original. My personal favorite is is How to Win Friends and Influence People uh, by Dale Carnegie. It's yeah, like 1937, right? Like that thing's got 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 roots in history. Another good one, Psycho Cybernetics um, by Maxwell Maltz. It's kind of the first ever self help book, and it'll introduce you to a number of different concepts that'll maybe help you start digging around in that little brain of yours and, and do some self improvement. So. Um, does anybody else have any other resources or suggestions for listeners here as, as, as we, we close out the show? Um, I'll promote a book that I like. Sure. Rhythm of Life, Matthew Kelly. Why, about, why do you uh, like it? Uh, he talks about living, like the, the quote on here is, living every day with passion and purpose. And, you know, it's like uh, having a 5 a.m. challenge. Uh, 5 a.m. challenge is where you get up at 5 a.m. every every day and you try to be as productive as possible for the first uh, four hours of your day essentially like if that means you get up and you go exercise you make breakfast you you know shower you shave uh, you you do your emails you know whatever it is you do to be productive but try to maximize that first four hours and force yourself to get up and, it, and it's it, it's kind of like a tricking yourself mentally that if you force yourself to do something you'll eventually make these good habits um, out of it naturally so fake it till you make it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ben you got anything for us no I don't read no, <laughs> no. Uh, no I, um, it, it, I, I don't read these motivational books that, that's for sure uh, uh, I do read though but no what, I, what, I don't know what, I mean, what, what resource do you have to suggest for us if you had to suggest one Oh God! Uh, I don't even know if it's a resource. Just a tip. It's basically what we've been just saying the, 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 the entire tip. Ten, the entire time during the show. Just don't be an asshole. 
I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Like you, you look at really good leaders <clears throat> throughout history and current times and everything like that, and you you kind of have to be an asshole to an extent, I guess. You have to have the mythos without yes. without um, overpowering people's logos. Yeah. Exactly. Like that. You have to, yeah, you, you have to know when to be able to turn it <laughs> off and play the game. Right. Like that that's that's the biggest thing that I would be able to say is, you know, know know that there is a limit and uh, know where that limit is and be weary of crossing that line. And uh, as I guess thank you Ben, thank you David to both of you. Um, as as a final word of advice, there's a man named Stan Press who's the the head of marketing for Cloud9. He doesn't make videos and you probably don't know who he is. Um, but I had the opportunity to speak to Stan, and he effectively changed my life for the better. Um, but but had had one piece of advice that I would give to everyone um, who's a part of esports and, and and a member of this tribe: give everybody, companies, people, players, organizations, everybody, the benefit of the doubt. You probably don't know what you're talking about, 99% of the time, and it's often better than not to give them the benefit of the doubt. So that you can connect with them later, right? So if if you want to practice in this art of arite, I think the first challenge for for many people, and it's super super hard. Like I totally get it. Just when you're reading Reddit or any of these other community forums or popular opinions, think deeply to yourself about what it is that everybody is believing and question that. Because if you find yourself on the side of the the, the popular opinion, if you find yourself on the side of the majority, you really should start questioning that. Ask yourself why you are siding with everybody. And why you, you believe that ev- what everybody else believes here. Because I think more often than not, popular opinion is very easily swept up uh, and, and can get upset at, at a specific organization. Like there's, there's plenty of examples of this in esports, whether it be in the past couple of days with, with organizations having kind of some negative press. And, and you know, everybody whips out their pitchforks uh, and is, is ready to fight. And I, I think it's very important to, to give every single group the benefit of the doubt, um, no matter how you feel about them before or after. Because... At the end of the day, we all want to be a part of the eSports tribe and helping it grow in a positive direction and giving the people that are members of it, again, benefit of the doubt, super, super, super important. So when you're on Reddit or anywhere else, just deeply think to yourself, why am I agreeing with the majority here? Um, how, how can I maybe stand out differently from these people and, and think differently about the, these different topics? So um, no matter what it is, just, just question uh, the majority always because nine times out of ten, they're, they're rioters pulling out their pitchforks, simply getting upset about something that I promise you isn't a big deal. You know what is a big deal? Watching eSports, the eSports Review every week on Fridays. Uh, we're here at 8.30 uh, a.m. Pacific Time and 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time here on twitch.tv slash eSportsMaybe or on eSportsMaybe.com. And today we talked a little bit about, I think, you know, the, the, the conversation originated with this, this term esports Jesus that I think we jokingly made up last week, but uh, we moved into e- the, the term esports leader, which I believe is a little bit more inclusive um, and, and kind of you know, le- led the community through a nice little gentle discussion about um, how, how they can achieve every day. I mean, that's maybe a good, a good a recap over all of it. Um, but if, if, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please follow us at esports maybe. Um, follow David at Bowman Shooter, right? B-O-W-M-A-N-S-H-O-O-T-A. No one pronounces it right, but that's okay. Okay. What is it? Bowman Shota? Bowman Shota. Shota? It's Japanese, but it's, it's okay. Everyone says Shooter. <laughs> so is there anything that you'd like to... Shooter. <laughs> is there anything else you would like to, to uh, anyway. promote? Is there anything else you'd like to promote to those listening? 
Um, no, just I appreciate all the people that have supported me so far with my venture into YouTube and esports. And what is it? Tell us where to go, where where can they go? Um, you can uh, find me uh, under Bowman Shota in YouTube, and the esports meditation is the current series I'm doing. And I'm going to be producing a few more series starting uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks about more specific sports. But the esports meditation covers esports in general. And it's basically your thoughts, kind of these one-off 20, 30-minute videos, more or less 10, 20, 30 minutes videos. I guess you don't make a – you have no promise for length. You, you go for an no. hour if you want to. I think I have a five-minute video coming out next week. So well, there you go, you guys. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a good introduction video maybe for those who are – who are defensive of their time. <laughs> you like troll. Hearthstone. No. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ben, for being the, just the best beard in the business. My, my, little, my little co-producer, Teddy Bear, over there. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with that term, but I think I'll stick with it. Yeah, I I'll like it. it. I'm like warm and cozy. I'm Patrick. Thank you, everybody, for watching episode number seven of the Sports Review. We'll see you next week.